Hello, Bridge Builders! I'm here with some exciting news. The first volume of interviews is now available on Amazon.com. The link can be found at eatlunchandboardgame.com. I promise that all proceeds from sales of this book will go right back into this podcast and channel. Whether that is new and better audio equipment for the podcast, or video equipment for the YouTube channel, or even more games to review, the money will not be wasted. Click over to Amazon and get your copy of Eat Lunch and Board Game, the first course today. And thank you for supporting the show. Welcome back to Eat Lunch and Board Game. I'm your host, Adam Collins, and with me today is pop-up game shop owner and game enthusiast, Sarah Atherton, all the way from London, England. How are you doing this morning, or afternoon, I'm good. I'm very good. I was just saying to you earlier, it's 5.30-ish, so it's uh, time to kind of kick back now and, (laughs) you know, chill out a bit and worry about getting the dinner on shortly, but yeah. Yeah, it's, it's always interesting uh, doing these across the Atlantic Ocean with a six-hour time difference. So, But it works out well. My lunch hour is your dinner time, so it all works out. Cool. For people who may not know you, who are you and what do you do for the gaming community? So, as you said, I'm Sarah Apperton, and I have this pop-up game store called Get Your Game On Limited, um and i trade at like sunday markets and events and anyone that will have me and you know here there and everywhere really because it's my mission to bring board games to the world and to people that will walk past a board game shop and think oh i don't know if that's for me so yeah that's one of the things i think i bring to the board gaming community it's such great fun i really really enjoy it i think i bring like local gamers together at the stall because they come by the stall and they're like, wow, there's a stall with board games on it. I've not seen a stall with board games on it before. And then they start chatting to me and each other and they say, do you have this? And if I haven't heard of it, they say, well, why don't you get that? And then they come back the next time and that's all great. And then there's lots of people who walk past and they're like, what, what is this? What are these things on this table? I've never seen any of them before. I, do you have Monopoly? I say no. Do you have this? No, I don't have that. But I have all of this other stuff, all of this lovely stuff. And I said, you won't usually see this unless you go into a board game store. So that's quite exciting. So I think I'm introducing new people to the gaming community. And And also, of course, sorry, go on, Adam. Oh, no, just saying it's always a good thing. The more people that are in the community, the better. Yeah, I think so. I really do. I think it's about really expanding it and welcoming everybody in, you know, as diverse as possible. And uh, people who don't necessarily think they like board games or maybe they had a bad experience when they were a child of a a competitive sibling or they're a parent who had to play the same game with their five-year-old again and again and again. And and so, you know, I try and, you know, tell them, well, there's, there's something out there for everybody, really. That's the thing right there. I always tell people, if you don't think you like board gaming, give me a chance. I will find the game for you. There's so many different ones out there. Well, me too. That's, that is really my thing. And I've got this, you know, on my website, I say to people, drop me a line, ask me a question. I will find the right game for you. And 
often people will come up and say, you know, I've got uh, two teenagers, one's 11, one's 15. What can I find to keep these two teenagers amused? Or I have an eight-year-old and a three-year-old. That's quite hard. But there are games that, you know, will be fun for both because you want something accessible for the younger kid and you want something that the older kid's also going to enjoy. And you do need things to keep parents kind of stimulated. And I think that's what modern day board gaming does. I think it just offers us lots of interesting things to play, uh, which maybe in some, when I was a kid, there, there were some, but these days, so much more. And I think also, you know, I'm selling these board games. So hopefully I'm, you know, bringing board game designers and small independent board game companies, you know, some sales. I'm promoting them. I'm putting their games out there. So, you know, everyone's happy, hopefully. Yeah, well, I I did notice on your website you had Taco Cat Goat Cheese Pizza, which is one of my new favorite games to play. And one of my buddies, um, he bought it as well. And they... (laughs) That game is an absolute riot to start when you're trying to like do the different, you know, motions for the gorilla or the pancake or whatever version you have. And <laughs> Taco Cat Goat Cheese Pizza is one of my <laughs> one of my favorite new games. That, uh, I just caught that one across on your website, which made me laugh. I was like, ah, what a great game. Definitely. My, one of my go to's when I'm trying to basically I love to use King of Tokyo as a step in for all ages. Because you can kind of overcomplicate it with all the expansions and add-ons. Or you can play it very simple and by kind of, I guess, pitching it as it's a game where you get to play a monster and your mom's a monster and you get to trade punches with each other's monsters. You kind of draw everybody into that game. And that's one of my favorite ones to lead with. And when I hear people trying to get their family into gaming, that's I'm like... Have you tried King of Tokyo? Because that is a great entry-level game. Yeah, definitely. That's the thing, isn't it? And if you've played it and you love it, you know, then you're sort of saying good things about it with conviction. And I think that's what I try and do on the stall. If I'm enthusiastic about something, I get really excited about it. Um, When I was younger, I remember someone at university saying to me, well, actually, it was after we finished university, and she was working for like a... Uh, a pharmaceutical company making soap or something. And she said, Sarah, you're so enthusiastic. Why don't you come and work for us and sell this soap and toothpaste? And I was like, well, I don't know if I want to. I don't really believe in that product so much. And then when I found board games, you know, then suddenly I felt like I could do that. I mean, one, it's my own business. So, of course, I'm, you know, I want to sell my products and stuff. But two, I really enjoy playing board games so i'm happy on the stall <laughs> and it's like you know people can see it it's infectious. oh it comes through yep it comes through so one thing i found interesting on your website was that you talked about how you got back into gaming and it was by playing uh the settlers of how do you say it oh Catan. Catan? is Catan. that how you meant to say it <laughs> i i'm not sure what the correct answer is but uh We'll let that one go as a, as a correct answer. But I like how you said it was a bottle of wine in Catan that got you back into gaming. And I'm like, what a better way to get back into gaming than a nice, bottle, a nice bottle of wine and a great Euro game. And the rest is history because now here you are with your own little game shop. Definitely. And you know what? Things, yeah. I mean, I've been away doing all sorts of other things in my life, uh, like we all do. And board game 
board gaming has moved on so much since I was that only child, you know, playing Monopoly with myself. And, you know, the boot always won, whatever. And I had to own Old Kent Road. I don't know what the American version is, but Old Kent Road is like the cheapest street. Park Lane is the most expensive street. And I would play that on my own for hours. And now, of course, you've got so many games with a solo variant or solo games because some bright spark only child said, you know what, I'm really fed up of playing this solitaire or patience. I want to invent some board games that you can play on your own. And, and lo and behold, they're, they are here. Yeah. And now it's also funny because you look back at the older games and most of them were two to four player. And now a lot of them are like one to six or even up to like eight. And it's like, wow. Man, where were these games when I was a kid? We had Monopoly and Clue. And Clue was great because you could play a lot of players in Clue or Cluedo as it is over there. We dropped it to just Clue because we're too lazy over here, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I know the game, Monopoly. Yeah, <laughs> Monopoly. Cl- well, yeah, and, yeah, Cluedo. We, we Cluedo. Cluedo. There you <laughs> go. And Scrabble. They were like the top three, right? <laughs> and then when you were kind of things like Kaplunk and Operation, did you have those sorts of oh, yeah. games? Kerplunk, Operation, yeah, a lot of those uh, games from the, what was that, like the 70s and 80s, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Milton Bradley, over it was Waddington's over there. Oh, Waddington's, yeah, that's it, <laughs> Waddington's Games, that's the one. And, you know, I didn't have a lot of those ones, but my friend Sam, who had, like, wealthy grandparents, she had all the games at Christmas. So she had Buckaroo which was the donkey that you had to load up with all the stuff and then it kicked its back legs and chucked it all off. And Kaplunk, I definitely had Game Envy as a child. <laughs> Game I Envy. I think that's possibly why I got this kind of arrested development as an adult because now I'm a grown-up, I can get my own games, thanks. And, you know, <laughs> you I don't have to play. You don't have to wait for Christmas. You can just buy them. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so what is your current favorite game? What game is out on your table? If I made the trip across the Atlantic, what game are you currently playing? That's interesting because I'm a real, yeah. My husband says, why do you want to just play things a couple of times and then on to the next thing? I've got a curiosity about games, so I always want to play another thing. Uh, if you came to my house, on the table at the moment, I've got an exit game. So I really like these escape room games. Uh, the company's called Cosmos, it's Thames and Cosmos, they're a German company, uh, and they operate in the UK as well. And the one I've got at the moment is called Exit, the Sacred Temple. It has actually been on the table a while. The way you're meant to play it is against the clock, you know, like yeah. you're stuck in the room and you've yep. got to get out. But I mean, I'm not stuck in the room. I'm, I can leave it and come back to it. So it's been there a while and I've been playing it on my own because no one wanted to play with me. And actually, you can play these games on your own. So fine. So I'm doing that. And that's I really enjoy those games. I just like narrative games. I like role playing games as well. Um, I've also got Wingspan out and I've literally I am literally adding at the looking at the components stage of the game. I have got them out on the table and I'm just like, oh God, there's so many things, right? It's such a beautiful game. Well, I'm going to, you know what? I might play it tonight or at least get myself my head around the rules because at the moment I'm just at the sort of stroking the box and the component stage of gaming. 
it's so beautiful and there are so many lovely things in it. I just want to look at it a bit and like sort of appreciate no. all the packaging and the the components. Even the box smells nice. I don't know if you do that, but, you know, board game boxes can smell really nice. Like, you know, like catalogs, they've got that kind of lovely smell. Yeah, to well, that game is actually by Stonemeyer Games, which is out of St. Louis, which is where I am. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's interesting. Yep. Yep. And so uh, Jamie Stegmeyer and his company are here in St. Louis. And yeah, so they did Wingspan and then all the expansions and adding more birds for localized regions and all that. So, yeah, it's a very, uh, very pretty game. All the components are top notch. You got the birdhouse uh, dice tower. You got all the little eggs. You got the dice. It's all just it is a gorgeous game. That's great to hear. I mean, I hope the gameplay is good too, because sometimes you can get carried away with all the lovely stuff and spend ages setting it up and then maybe not play it as often as you think. But if if there's some replayability there, then that's good because the effort of getting it out and keeping it on the table and also ring fencing it because my husband wants to clear everything off the table and I'm like, it's like, (laughs) I need to put the mats down for dinner. And I'm like, you can't, don't touch, don't touch the game. Don't move the game, you know. And I, and I literally slide everything up one end where we play the kitchen table. So I slide everything up the end of the table and try and kind of have this demarcation line, like don't touch the game. <laughs> Food stays on this side of the line. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit like that. Or can we eat and like play? And yeah, no, he wants us to sit down and have like proper conversation without the game. But I want the game to be, well, it's, you know, there's three of us in our family and the game is like the fourth member of the family at the table. There is nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. So, how did you get into gaming? How did I get into gaming? Well, like I said, as a child, I, I had these kind of interesting board game experiences and I had a lot of time on my own, a single mum. She was very busy. I just used to kind of play on my own with the games. And then at Christmas, when there was more family around, I would insist that we played a board game because, of course, I'd been waiting for that moment to have people in the house to do it. And then I discovered Dungeons and Dragons. This is when I was, well, when I was nine, I went to see Star Wars and that kind of just blew my mind. I was just like, I, this, this, this film spoke to me. I came out of the cinema and I was, I knew I liked science fiction and I was a girl that liked science fiction. And then I found Dungeons and Dragons But again, I didn't have anyone to play with. And this was the thing. I just didn't know where to go. This is in the early, sort of not early, the mid, late 70s. There weren't the kind of communities. We didn't have mobile phones and certainly didn't have a computer or anything like that. So then I started doing those those, um, fighting fantasy books by Ian Livingston and Steve Jackson. And I I just did the whole lot. I loved Mm -hmm. those books so much. And then eventually I went to uh, someone's house and they had a computer and I got into video gaming. So I was a video gamer for years and kind of still am. If I could get my daughter, who's 10, off the computer, I would, <laughs> you know, maybe I'll do that as well, actually. I'll do Wingspan and then I might play some video games. And then eventually came back to board games, went into a board game store in a, a, a local seaside town when we were on holiday and was like, oh my gosh, there are so many amazing games and I wanted all of them, you know. (laughs) How many can I strap to the roof of the car? 
exactly exactly <laughs> they're just yeah they're, they're, they are real objects of desire and I, I you know again just because I didn't have much when I was growing up so everything kind of has this sort of status in my life so when I buy something new I'm serious about the wingspan you know <laughs> I can't I can't my husband Alex will say are we going to play the game yet and I'm like not well I'm still looking at it and I'm still opening the box <laughs> because I enjoy it so much it kind of eventually I do get around to playing the games of course yeah my son will take the box and just start going to town he'll read the rules and then he'll be like so far ahead of me trying to explain the rules to me and I'm like whoa whoa buddy I I, I need to look at all the components and I need to be able to read the rules with the components so that I can, you know, well, all you got to do is, whoa, 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 whoa. We'll get there. We'll get there. That's I good. Pr- that enthusiasm <laughs> is fantastic. And I think also having a 10 year old now, I mean, Lara, my daughter, you know, she can play all sorts of games now. She's been playing when they're little, there are a lot of those memory games and things that you play and they want to play them repetitively. Don't they children? Oh Yes. And it gets a bit like, oh, and then you get to a point where there's a game that they can play um, that has some, you know, more enjoyment for the adults as well. So I suppose her growing up has also helped me get back into board games because I can play those games with her um, and she really enjoys them. But what she does, she does this with Lego as well. So with Lego, she'll make the kit and then she'll say, I'm going to do my own version now. And she takes it apart and makes her own version. Well, she does this with board games as well. She says, I'm going to play the game and now I'm going to do my own version. And she takes pieces, this is sort of sacrilege really, but she takes pieces (laughs) out of one game and then pieces out of another. And then she'll get a big map or something that she's, you know, got on her bedroom wall and she'll get it off the wall and she'll sort of play her own version of like, warhammer risk or something (laughs) well that's that's good that's how uh that's how new board games are created right there that's true and you know what adam i think if she if she wanted to i mean it's great kids have that imagination right but if she wanted to that would be her thing you know the designer i would like Mm -hmm. her really if she wanted to 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 kind of go into that because She's got us with the enthusiasm and, and the board games around her to stimulate her and introduce her to all sorts of different types of game. And then she can go on to maybe, yeah, make up her own, definitely. No, absolutely. So do you, do you play? So the purpose of my podcast started off as I board game a lot with my coworkers at lunch. And we would play games based on can they be played at lunch? And we started off with Catan and then kind of moved to some other games. And then Wingspan is just just too long to make it uh, in on a lunch hour. Uh, we've tried it a couple different times. And we get about, it's about a 75-minute to 90-minute game. But uh, we tried. So we had to say, nah, this one doesn't quite work. So do you play board games at lunch with your coworkers? Or do you have coworkers at lunch? Well, you know what? I don't have co-workers. Well, I do have co-workers, but I work from home at the moment. So, um, yeah, I don't. My my co-workers are my family. It's the school holidays here. And my cat, I have a bearded dragon. The bearded dragon just basically doesn't do anything at all, <laughs> apart from give you like an evil eye. <laughs> when you're feeding it and you think I'm feeding you bugs right live bugs 
you could at least give me some kind of something other than an evil eye. So, yeah, they're they are my co they're my co-workers at the moment. And then there's Bob the cat, um, and she sounds like a cheater. Who Bob? Bob Bob the cat. Probably, yeah. We'll have to watch it. Well, yeah, she's a she's a, she certainly thinks about lunchtime, but she thinks about breakfast, brunch, lunch, <laughs> dinner, tea second tea, bedtime snack. And so does my daughter, actually. The two of them are the same. You can have a bedtime snack. Um, but so, no, I don't I don't really play. I suppose I don't really have a lunch break. I, I, I kind of, I, hmm. Yeah, I sort of, I'm doing things all the time and then getting up and doing something else. And But I, I do interact with board games around lunch. It's sometimes I'll, that's when I'll go and deliver a game because I do this same-day delivery service. I really kind of brand myself as being local. Um, so I'll deliver that's games awesome. or package games to take them to the to the newsagent shop to get them sent and uh, somewhere else in the country. And I like taking photos. All my photos are sort of in my kitchen. <laughs> So I take the photos of the lovely board games in my kitchen at lunchtime. So I'm with board games, but I don't often get to play at lunchtime. No. That happens. My uh, my office now, you open a drawer and there's a stack of games in there. So Thursday is our game day here at the office. So we'll be playing tomorrow because we're recording this on, on Wednesday. That's so, great. That's great. Yeah. Do you have a good group of kind of gamers now where you work? We're getting there. We're getting there. We got three or four people reliably. So kind of, like I said, we try to stick with games that we know we can get in in 30 minutes to 45 minutes. So if you did have a full lunch hour, what is your go-to 60-minute game? Gosh, it's hard, isn't it, that 60 minutes? I mean, I suppose you can start something and come back to it and do things in installments like those exit games. I've managed to play... Thanos Rising in about 60 minutes. Do you know this game? It's a Marvel-themed game. Oh, yeah. It's sort of cooperative, but you get to play on your own. I mean, it helps if things are already set up. It's the setting up of games, isn't it, that takes time. Um, And the other one I've played, which is around 60 minutes, is called Isle of Cats, which I like Mm -hmm. as well. I think (laughs) once you know that game, you can get straight on into it. And yeah. you can play it in about 60 minutes and get those cats out of the bag and, <laughs> you know, try and fill your boat. And yeah. It, so. that, that, game's a, that game's a riot. It's a, it's a pretty funny game. I do <laughs> like it. It's pretty as well, isn't it, those lovely cats? It, it I is just don't know what game. happens to them when Lord Fesh comes. And, you know, you've rescued as many as you can, but you kind of feel a bit guilty, don't you, at the end of it? Like, <laughs> game over. I've only got five cats. What's happened to the rest of them? But yeah, so that's that's probably what I'd play in about that time. Um, the other thing is sort of trying to convince my husband that the game I want to play <laughs> is worth playing, and that can take up to sixty minutes. Adam, it's just like <laughs> he will say, "Don't, don't read out the rules to me." He says, "Don't, just don't read out the rules to me," and I'm like, "But you have to." He says, I want you to learn the game, bridge the rules, and then when you know how to play it, then I will come and join you. It sounds like my wife, so my son and I will figure a game out, and then we'll be like, okay, do we take this to mom? 
and then we decide whether we do or not. We our latest addiction is one on Kickstarter right now uh, called Chili Mafia, and we've been playing that game a lot. It's a good quick 15, 20 minute game, and we we like it a lot. But it was the same idea. Like he and I kind of figure it out, and then okay, we can teach this game to mom. Mom will play this game. So. Oh, good. So I'm glad it's. I'm glad it, there's a pattern here with parents and children <laughs> and games. It's, yeah. I mean, I know my husband doesn't want to hear my voice droning on and on and on, but I kind of think you have to sort of work it out as you play it, right? Yeah. Right, that's the thing. And then once Alex will start playing the game, he'll have lots of questions. He'll say, but what about this? And why doesn't it do this? Or da, 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 da. And I'll say, well, if you'd been here with us when we were kind of first working it out, you would know that you can do this, but not this. Or I will say, I don't know yet because we've only played it a couple of times. And you learn a game as you play it more often, don't you? That's the thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. My son and I were playing the uh, RPG-ish style game Gaslands, where you're like a little matchbox hot wheel car. And, man, we butchered the rules on that game so many times. And then we, I bet we played it three, four, five times before we finally got the rules I don't even want to say correct, but the most correct is probably the best way to put it. It took us a while because just different scenarios and different happenings that can occur in the game. You're just, you know, what happens now? What do I do with this? And, but yeah, I definitely understand. Yeah. I played a few times. We always asterisk those games, you know, who won, but the rules were messed up. So we'll, we'll, we'll give you the win, but you know, don't get too cocky. <laughs> Yeah, and I think rule book writing is a real art oh. because some of the rule books you read, you're just like, what? Oh, my what gosh. What are you telling me? And you get to the end of the rule book and you're like, I still don't get <laughs> the general premise of this game. You haven't told me something really important here. You've told me lots of other stuff. But I want to kind of get in touch with these people and say, can I just write the rules for you? Or can you just at least have like a handy – I mean, some games now do, of course, have these little cards where you can just have the – the most important things you need to know, but yep. or which, but great. that's also given the rise to the how-to video market. And yeah, yeah. Uh, my son and I were trying to learn a game. I'll leave its name uh, out, but we read through the rules and we were like, "That don't even understand what we just read." And we watched a little video, and it took about two minutes into this ten-minute video. We're like, "Oh, now we get it." But I'm like. Between my son and I, if we read your rule book and can't figure out your game, your rules are probably not written very well. <laughs> and I know what, you know, of course, there's lots and lots and lots of how-to videos. And I will go to the how-to video if I have to. It's not my first stop because, I don't know, I'm 52. I like to read things on paper. It's where I go to <laughs> first. And then eventually, I'll, you know, there's some technology there and I'll watch it and stuff. Um but I like, a, I like a rule book because I like to go through things sort of, maybe I'm a bit pedantic. I like to go through things step by step and take my time <laughs> and learn the game. Yeah. But some rule books just, they need, to, they need to think about the audience a bit more. Yeah, I'm working right now um, trying to review a game for Kickstarter and I'm trying to get through the rule book and I'm like, I read it twice and I'm, still not 100% sure what's supposed to happen. But all I know is what I have figured out is I set a bunch of stuff out and then I start a five-minute timer. Then we do a bunch of stuff and the game's over. And then we score. 
And I'm like, but I don't know what all the stuff does. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I'm intrigued by the idea of setting a five-minute timer and go, and then you do all this stuff simultaneously. So it's every player working simultaneously, and as you're doing it, you're like, you have these cards, and you have to do what the card says, and then with your pieces, and then move the card over, and then when the it's kind of like uh, not hot potato. What's the musical chairs? So when the music stops, whoever's got the most cards, then you start losing points because you didn't get through the cards, and but the cards just keep making a circle. And like I'm intrigued by the idea of this game, but man, I don't know what all these different pieces mean. Yeah, and I think you know some things are kind of overcomplicated. They just are. <laughs> Someone has literally gone, I'm going to have a bit of everything in my game. And you, you don't need to. You don't need to. Some of the best games are the really simple ones with just a lovely idea. It's so simple. Everybody likes it. Everybody yeah, it's, jumps And it's just stripped up. down. Yep. That's it. And, I, you know, mm-hmm. it's good that there are lots of these games as well. I get that there's, you know, lots of games where people are really sort of flexing their intellectual game design muscle and they want 15 different mechanics in the game and all of that but actually some of the best games they just take a few things and then they do it really well and that's that's the key for me no absolutely so what would be your 30 minute go-to game the lunch half hour yeah, half an hour. I well, I used to be a teacher, and that was kind of about the time we got before someone knocked on the door. Miss, miss. <laughs> um, so you'd have thirty minutes in the staff room. Um, at the moment, I like playing this game, Plot a Lot, which is by a local game designer called Gemma Newson. Um, just she just got in touch with me when I first started my business and said you know, this is my first game. Would you like a a demo copy, which actually doesn't happen very often, even though I'm a retailer. I don't often get offered this elusive demo copy. But um, she said, (laughs) you know, I'll send you one. And then, you know, if you don't like it, I'll pay, you know, pay for the postage. You just send it back and blah, blah, blah. But we really loved it. And it's it's a card game. You make a tableau of cards. Um, There's a lot of stuff about nature and gardening and food and all the rest of it at the moment. But this one is just great. The cards are really beautiful. Um, It's easy. It's it's good to play with three. I think probably that's the best number. You can play a few more as well. And two is fine as well. Um, it's, It's nicely paced. You have to kind of get your allotment together. You know, it's that... It's a quite a common principle, really. So you have to get rows of certain vegetables, but do not put a tomato next to a cucumber because they really do not get on with each other, for example. But if you get your vegetables all in the right lines and combinations of rows and columns, you score points. And then you can sabotage each other. You know, you can send like, <laughs> not quite a plague of locusts, but you can get the slugs and the black fly and the green fly and the rabbit comes to destroy the plot. So... Yeah, you've got to have the right sort of stomach for it. I think maybe younger children might get a bit upset with that. So uh, it's it's funny that you mentioned that one because – so for the people who don't know, I came across your game shop because I am on Ellie Dix, who's been on this show as well, her mailing list. And she sent out or Facebooked or something the eight games blog that you had filled out. And plot a lot was one of the games that I wrote down as like, I want to try to find this game. I don't even know if I can get it over, <laughs> over here right now. 
I was like, this game looks great. I looked it up and everything. I'm like, oh man, I'm gonna. So when you said that was your go to 30 minute game, I'm like, well, now I really want to try to hunt down a copy of Plot a lot because it does. It looks beautiful. It looks like a lot of fun. It does have a quick play time, and um, so I'm like excited to to find that one. So that'll yeah, be... I, I would, I would, you know, I could try and get a copy over to you. It, postage is a bit of a pain, isn't it? People say, can I have this game and have this game? I mean, I was going to try and buy some games directly from a, a manufacturer. Um, I'm trying to think who it was. Maybe it was someone like Pandasaurus or something. And they sell through distributors in the UK, but they also sent me this email saying you can get directly from us. And then the shipping was like, oh my gosh, it was so much, really. So I can't I, that as a small independent no. retailer. I have to go to a big distributor and say, do you have these games, and and then get them from them. Yeah. So they're one of my family. So my wife and my my son, our favorite games to play before bed is Millborn, just a classic card game. And I was playing around. And I discovered that there's a Mario Kart version of Millborn, but it's only available in Europe and over there with you guys. And I'm like, I cannot justify spending $80 to buy the game and then ship it to me. It's like, that is just insane. And it is funny though, because I was talking to somebody else and the difference in games that are available in outside the United States due to copyright law is also an interesting <laughs> topic. And, but yeah, the shipping sometimes will get you. And even, uh, I, I tell this story before, um, when I, when we shipped out all of our games after our Kickstarter, I had a pack of tokens left over on my table. All right. And I'm like, well, I'm not opening all these packages to, fi- <laughs> to find out which one's missing this little pack of tokens. Oh, I get you. I get you. So they were from one of the games. You have yeah, tokens. Yeah, and I just box, didn't you know, I didn't get in there. And I was like, well, I know whoever doesn't get their tokens will let me know. And of course, it was the like we had uh, a handful of people outside the United States, but it was one of the customers in Canada. And so to ship this little pouch of tokens to canada costs so much money and i'm like this would have been like three dollars to mail it anywhere in the united states and it was like 12 or 14 dollars to mail this little patch this little pack of uh tokens to canada and i'm like well (laughs) i guess i should have checked the international ones if we're sure (laughs) to see if one of those was the missing one i know it's funny this thing when i first started like sending games here there and everywhere so unfortunately i made the mistake of sending this game it might have even been plotable actually but it was to this guy and i got the address i got the address wrong i don't know anyway my fault i got the address wrong but the delivery company showed me you know a photo of the board game being delivered and a pair of pink fluffy slippers because they take a shot (laughs) of the person's feet on the doorstep and so I worked obviously I looked at where I'd sent it and I said to the customer I'm really sorry I've sent it to your neighbor she has pink fluffy slippers and she lives at number whatever so 
he said, I said, could you, you know, go and ask us? So he went round and she denied all knowledge and refused, <laughs> refused to give him his game. She was like, I don't know anything about this. So he came back to me and he said, she's, she's, denied this. and I thought, has she, or has he got the game or what's going on anyway? In the end, I had to send him another game. Of course I did a whole other game, the postage, everything. I shall never know whether that woman with the pink slippers snapped his game and didn't give it back. I said hey. to him, I can't believe anyone would be so unneighbourly. He said, you don't know what it's like on the street where I live. I thought, fine. We, well, the lady with the pink slippers is now probably just the best plot-a-lot gamer ever. <laughs> yeah. And everything else that gets delivered by mistake. I mean, can you imagine, you know, knocking on her door? Would you just, look, can I leave this here for your neighbour? Yeah, sure. And she's got everything from uh, every neighbour. It's something. <laughs> yeah, it's a topic, isn't it? It's a topic. And, you know, there's a board game forum on Facebook in the UK, board game trading. And sometimes oh, yeah. people get really, really het up about the different uh, delivery companies. And, you know, oh, sure. if they have one bad experience from someone that sent them a game, then they, they, they can get really cross. And I was reading one of these threads one day and I thought you know what I haven't had a bad experience so I said I'm really sorry but I think they're okay you know I know <laughs> this isn't this isn't the kind of uh, theme of the of the conversation or the atmosphere but I just thought I'm gonna I'm gonna change it up I'm gonna try and get these people stop moaning but they probably just wanted to have a big moan about delivering stuff so you did what you could I did <laughs> so when you're playing a board game and you have to choose a color to be is there a color that you like to be more than others yes i i like to be green um that's my color i when i um when i decided to call my board game pop up and everything else get your game on a friend of mine who's a graphic designer i asked him to design my logo for me Mm -hmm. And I said, I want it to be green. And he said, oh, no, no, no. He said, <laughs> green is not good for games. I don't know what that meant, really. But he said, it's, it should be something else. And I said, why? He said, it's got to be something like really vibrant. And I said, no, 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 I want green. And it is green <laughs> and black. And I like green because I think it's a sort of fresh, positive color. I don't know. I mean, my parents were hippies and I lived into, I lived in a place called Cornwall until I was five years old. And at one point we did live in a wood. So there must be something there about just being in nature. Um, but it's just a pleasing color. I like it. I like it. And I now go to, when I, when I have a market, I wear my, I'm wearing it now, my green top, and I, you know, my black trousers, and I kind of have my uniform really, because it's, it's the colors of, of guy girl yeah. game on. Um, right yeah. what's yours what's your color that you like i wear? like uh i like red and orange those are the colors i like do you and know those, why <laughs> uh red's always kind of been my favorite color growing up and then orange is you know close and then uh if i have to i'll go i'll go black but i like red and orange if i'm not red i have to really concentrate when i'm playing to make sure i'm moving the right pieces <laughs> or or strategizing correctly yeah. Otherwise, I'll be building to something completely wrong. <laughs> Think I've got the whole game wrapped up and realize I'm not even that color. <laughs> yeah. It must be from Ludo as well. I remember or Tiddlywinks. Those sort of, when you had those primary colors as a kid, you had those counters, right? So yep. you moved that kind. It was like red. Was it green? I don't know, but there was definitely like red and orange and maybe yellow and blue or something. But 
Yeah, I know. You can. It, it's confusing. <laughs> and as you get older as well, you can be like, <laughs> oh, no, was that me? I'm moving your, oh, you know, and <laughs> hanging on to the dice and all sorts of things that get annoying. Mom, stop, give me the dice. <laughs> so do you have any uh, guilty pleasures or hidden gem games that you don't think enough people know about? Mm, I don't know. I don't know about hidden gems. I suppose my guilty pleasures are probably the escape room games. <laughs> and I also really like party games. Um, and by that, I don't mean, you know, musical statues. And I don't mean getting drunk and trying to pass a balloon between your legs to a load of people <laughs> in a line. Although these are fun and there's a place for them, right? But um, if we're talking board games, then I like I like the icebreaker games. You know, when we had our first games night after lockdown. So we have, we've had various lockdowns here. And we were allowed six people outside and it was just about warm enough. So, so I had a games night and it was a mixture of people, some of whom knew each other and some didn't. And we played this party game called Scrawl and it was... It was just a fantastic icebreaker. And I really like making people feel relaxed, making people feel like they don't have to know lots of rules or they don't have to be super clever uh, to play a board game. Um, it's a drawing game. So, you know, you don't have to jump up and down and be silly, but you can be silly on a little whiteboard. And the, the worse your drawings, the better, really, because it's a <laughs> game of misunderstanding. So you get a category... For example, Darth Vader's day job was one that uh, I really remember well. And the first person draws it. And my neighbour, Stephanie, is really good at art. So she did this fantastic drawing of Darth Vader as a at the checkout in a supermarket. You know, like he was swiping through the things. Anyway, it came to me and I had to do my drawing of it. And my drawing got interpreted as something like, uh, what was it? Uh, death taking out the trash my drawing was so bad I was so upset as well because I'm such a Star Wars fan I could not for the life of me draw Darth Vader apart from making him look like a big black sheet um, so it's a fun game and I like I, I generally like party games and I know sometimes there's a bit of a sort of snobbery about gaming and no party games and blah 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 but they're, they're my guilty pleasures I think no, I mean, I, there's always a time and a place for a good party game, you know, outside when you have been when you've been in lockdown for a while, being able to see people again and be outside. That's a good time and a good place for a party game. It certainly is. It certainly is. And um, yeah, and it just harks back to those days at Christmas when I just wanted everybody to to Absolutely. play and have fun. I just, you know, and I wanted people to sort of just, I don't know, be silly, really. And I think the nice thing about this particular game, like I said, is you can be silly on a whiteboard. And you don't have to be overly demonstrative or, you know, jump up and down or anything like that. And uh, Yeah, we were laughing a lot. We were laughing a lot. And my daughter had gone to bed and she, I, I went to say goodnight to her and she was cross. She said, I can hear you laughing and I want to come and play. And it was, <laughs> it was late. And I said, Oh, the next time, the next time. <laughs> next time. Exactly. Exactly. So do you ever dabble with Kickstarter as a backer or creator or anything? I have done actually, Adam. I've, so I've backed a game called Cora Quest, 
Um, so there are this lovely uh, father and daughter pair called Dan and Cora Hughes. I don't know if you've heard of them. They do like reviews on the Dice Tower. And they've got this game, which is, you know, Cora's idea, I think. And with the help of her dad, they've devised this game. And I've backed it. And the really nice thing about it is a dungeon crawler. And what they've done is they've um, asked local kids, or not local kids, sorry, just any kids, actually, wherever, to design uh, the monsters in this dungeon crawler. And then they've sent them in to Dan and Cora, who have chosen designs from any kid. And those designs are now part of the game. And I just got an email actually from them saying this is the stage of the of the Kickstarter because it seems quite a long process. And certainly with um, COVID and everything else, and in our country, we've had Brexit as well. So, gosh, anything getting to us. I think I might see my copy of the game in about three years or something. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, Ellie and I had a race when she mailed me her book. I mailed her my game and uh it wasn't too bad it was like two days longer for my game to make it to her than it was for the book to make it to me so i thought that was pretty good that was pretty good given brexit and covid and every other problem hitting everything right now that is good you chose the right delivery company and you didn't you must have paid the right amount because <laughs> you yeah. never know sometimes they're like no you haven't paid the right amount and the game ends up in the uh, sorting office somewhere doesn't it so <laughs> it's up so under that's... somebody's desk <laughs> with pink slippers <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's that pink slipper woman yeah. she's got all the, where she's all the got, games gone? she's got all the games that don't get paid enough and the that or whatever <laughs> they just wind up underneath her desk they i can do. i can sure see do. it now <laughs> oh, oh and then there's another one sorry i was just going to say there's another one that i've um I've just seen. So there's a guy called, uh, sorry, not a guy, a girl called Bez, and I always mispronounce her surname. So it's Shariari, Bez Shariari, and she has this company called Stuff by Bez. Mm-hmm. And the games that she's designed are Yogi and Yogi Guru. So she's got a new game coming on to Kickstarter, which is called We Whimsical Creatures. And uh, she's drawn all these weird and wonderful creatures. And I think the premise of the game is you have to uh, decide what noise this creature makes. And then from the cards, people decide, oh, it's that one. This is the noise that this strange creature makes. So, uh, I mean, another kind of party game, I suppose. But I'm I'm definitely going to back that game as well. Bez is a character. Yes, yes, yeah. Well, I Ellie introduced me to Bez. And then um, I bought some of Yogi. Um, Bez has come to the stall, actually, which is really nice. Nice. Uh, she's just down the road from me. <laughs> Lives very awesome. late me. So that was great. You know. That's awesome. Yeah, she's. Uh, I've heard her on a lot of podcasts and game uh, websites and Facebook pages and Kickstarter and stuff. So I'll keep my eye out for, uh, for the next one from Bez. To put that on my my radar of games to back and explain to my wife later when it shows up. <laughs> yeah. That's how I do all of them. No, oh, no, no. I don't know what that one is. It just showed up. Yeah, there's there's a lot, aren't there? Um, it's yeah, it's hard. But I mean, it's 
yeah, and people have different opinions about how to get your game published. But I think it's nice as a community to sort of support other games designers and help get their games kind of realised. You yeah. know, if I ever get round to coming up with a game beyond just lying in bed at night and thinking, oh, and then I didn't write it down. And then in the morning, I'm like, I'm sure it was a good idea. Oh, what was it? But you it kept know, me up for, it kept me up for hours and now I can't remember. Yeah, it's very important to have that pad of paper next to the bed or somewhere, isn't it? Just to write it down when you think of it, because in those wee small hours when you can't sleep, that's when these crazy but wonderful ideas pop into your head. I start typing it into the notes part of my phone. Ah, yes. Okay, of course. (laughs) That's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll help you out. So I would like to thank you, Sarah, for coming on today. I really appreciate it. I, I think your pop-up uh, shop, game shop, is a tremendous idea. I'm Like I told you before we started recording, I'm going to start hitting up some of the game fairs or uh, the craft fairs and the farmer's markets here in the area to sell my game, see how that goes. Uh, so when I saw that that's what you did, I was like, oh, this is awesome. I want to talk to Sarah and you seem like such a great person and unfortunately we're separated by six hours in in an ocean so yeah oh it's so nice to meet you this is the thing about the community it's just you know i don't know it's it's great it's great to meet people from all over the place and to share the passion for the hobby and everything else and just have a good old chat absolutely because because we're we're all neighbors and you know we're all very similar, really. So it's just, it's nice to do that. So thanks so much for inviting me on, Adam. I've really enjoyed it. Oh, no it. problem. And so if people want to reach out to you, how can they get a hold of you? Okay. So my website is www.getyourgameon.com. Uh, or you can look, it up, look me up on social media. I'm on Facebook and Instagram at Get Your Game On Limited. Um, and then once you're on the website, you know, you can email me, you can phone me, you can send me a little form with an idea or a suggestion or a query about anything at all. Um, yeah, just I, I love it. I really enjoy it. I like, you know, I like people. It helps. And I really <laughs> like I really like helping. I was a teacher. I suppose it's the teacher in me. You know, if someone says, what do I do about this? Or have you got something for this? I like coming up with the, the answer or a, a, not necessarily the answer, but an answer, a suggestion, um, something that, that maybe, you know, that person will be like, oh, yeah, that's perfect. That's just the game I want. Absolutely. And if you want to reach out to me, it's facebook.com slash eatlunchandboardgame, or you can email me at eatlunchandboardgame at gmail.com. And remember, board games build bridges. Stay in tune with all things sports around Indiana and the nation with the Crash Course Podcast. Each week, we tackle the big storylines from the world of the Colts, Pacers, and the Indiana College scene, while also keeping a pulse on the nation. We record live weekly at twitch.tv slash 3C Media, and can be found on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever podcasts can be heard, you can catch the Crash Course Podcast. When you're gaming, why not be comfy? Go over to supportplayer.org. Click on the cards, pieces, and dice to get some merch. These t-shirts are some of the most comfortable I have ever worn. That's supportplayer.org, and there's a link on eatlunchandboardgame.com.